the thing that's really cool about kids is they know how to budget way better than we do. Really? Yeah, absolutely. I'm listening. So kids innately recognize when they run out of money. They're just like, oh, I'm out. And they'll just turn off the spending immediately because what else do you do as a kid? You literally have no other options. You can go beg for money from mom or dad. Sure, that's fine. Or you can just not have it. And so much of the time, kids are just like, I just don't have any. Life goes on. Now, as adults, we don't do that. New Year, New Year. Tiffany, welcome. This is 2022. Yeah, 2022. You know, it's so funny. I was just in Chicago and my friends and I were talking about how like whenever the pandemic started-ish 2020 to like now, like the years just kind of all meshed together in one big giant yeah. global like confusion. It's a big lump. It's a big yeah. lump. Yeah. But yeah. All definitely just... we are now in 2022. Yeah. How does it feel to be back? You had a good trip to see your family? All good? Yeah, no, it was wonderful. Um, how do I feel right now? Jet lag. Very, very jet lag. But give me a couple of days. Yeah. I'll, maybe I'll remember this conversation. I think we'll be <laughs> back in full swing. We missed you last week. We talked about Christmas and that was fun. But I think I'm really excited for this new year, kicking it off with an amazing episode. Who do we have today? Yes. Yes. So I think this is going to be a great episode to kick off a new year with. I know a lot of people do resolutions. I'm not one of them, but I do like to reevaluate my values and determine those things that I want to work on. So this is one of them. Today on our podcast, we have Jesse Meekum. He is a personal finance expert, a speaker, and a business leader. In addition to being the founder of You Need a Budget, otherwise known as YNAB, but I think what qualifies him just as much as any of that, and the reason we're talking to him today, is he also has seven children. So when I was looking for an expert in finances and dealing with budgets and your kids, he seemed like a very obvious choice. Yeah, absolutely, Tiffany. Last year when we started looking at our finances, budgeting was a big part of it. Not just how you earn money, but how you spend it, right? And mm -hmm. I read his books. I deeply agree with his philosophies on how you manage your personal budget. Not only that, but also with your family. And how do you even start talking about money to your kids? So I think this couldn't be a better episode to kick off the year with, talking about finances. And, if, and for those of you who have big dreams and, and resolutions around finance, there's something in for you. Absolutely. So let's do it, shall we? Jesse, hi. Welcome to the show today. We're so glad you're joining us. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Why don't I just start off by explaining why we brought you on today? A lot of our listeners know that I was a single mom for 10 years and my daughter is now 12. And because of that, I mean, I always had a pretty big career, but living in the States and being a single parent, like financially is really difficult. And to be honest, I was just barely making it. Definitely lived the whole paycheck to paycheck thing. Have some incredible bonus parents in my life who introduced me to Dave Ramsey once upon a time. And it was a great concept. I could get on board with a lot of it. Even went to doing the whole envelope thing. Yeah, and yeah. saw a financial counselor. And I left with them saying, you're not doing anything wrong, but you need to make more money. That was the fix. And I was like, oh, okay, easy, done. <laughs> okay, except for not. So yeah. then I was like, okay, as I thought, this is hopeless. Like, I'm just going to keep my head above water as long as I can. Fast forward, I now live in Berlin. The social safety nets here are a lot different. Parenting in and of itself is a bit less expensive. And of course, like I'm older and have evolved in my career. But these like poverty mindsets of constantly being broke and never having enough really were sticking with me, even though my situation had changed quite a bit. And yeah. I was telling deep, like, I just have no control. I, mm. I don't know what's happening in there. I know all the bills are getting paid, but I feel like I have no plan and my money owns me instead of me being in control and steering all of this. Mm. And that's when deep said, have you heard of YNAB? 
and introduced me to this. He even sat down with me. We got everything all set up. And then I started thinking, of what are the other struggles around money? Yeah. And in Germany, they have something here called Taschengeld, which yeah, Jesse, you speak money. German. Yeah, yeah, yeah pocket yeah. money. Mm-hmm. And I was giving my daughter pocket money to get a croissant or some candy or something with her friends, but it wasn't enough. And she was always still coming back to the money tree. And I realized that we have actually a couple problems and they all started with me. Interesting, right? (laughs) So one of them was that because I was always so perpetually broke and did not want this psychology to be placed on my kid. I wanted her to walk through the world not feeling afraid and that she had enough and all of those things. And I just didn't tell her what anything cost. And I always found a way to figure it out. So you were trying to have her feel like there was enough. And maybe what you were creating was a feeling of infinite, which is different than enough. Bingo. Mm. Okay. Bingo. Mm. Yeah, I I created this like tiny little money monster. She didn't know the value of anything. And to be honest, I could say anything cost anything. And she'd be like, what? Really? She had no idea. And I thought, okay, this isn't going to work. Because obviously, these are mistakes. I think when you make them when you're younger, that's a better time to make money mistakes. Yeah, They're a little cheaper not so lasting in some cases. So I came up with this idea that I was going to create a spreadsheet with all of the expenses that I have for her. And I would let her know those things that I would always be paying for that you don't have to worry about. Like I'm not giving her money for a percentage of the rent. I'm not going that hard. But things like birthday parties. I wanted Mm. all of this to be in her hands, her decision, what she does with her money for better or for worse. And ultimately in one month, like I ended up, it was around like 200 euros. And I said, okay, I'm just going to take this 200 euros is all inclusive for everything that I'm typically paying for in a month should be more than enough for her or close enough. And let's just see. Let's see what happens. I, of Mm. course, had people that said, this is a horrible idea. It will end as horribly as you can imagine it. Like, just kiss it goodbye. Um, Yeah. Or maybe not. And I thought, you know, either way, this is a relatively cheap lesson in the broad scheme of life. Mm. Yeah, the $200 would be gone either way, but there's going to be some learning. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Exactly. Which brought me to, hey, Deep. I think we really need to talk to somebody who like knows what they're doing because I'm out here mm. just winging it and I'm, I'm oh. going to give it a try and see what happens. Who'd but... you guys end up going with? That's a good challenge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We searched far and wide. Yes. We found a guy in Utah. <laughs> <laughs> Way over the mountains. Yeah. It's interesting. I love that you tested it. I love that you're like, I'm just going to test and see what happens because full disclosure, Julie, my wife and I, we have seven kids so we have seven tests that we're running all the time on like, how wow. do we do this? How do we do that? <laughs> and yeah, so you never really know exactly what you're doing, but it, that's totally okay. You just, that's why I love the title. I was thinking about the title of your podcast yesterday and I was like, oh, rerouting. I love that. It's just like, no matter what turn you make, it's oh, okay. We'll just reroute. So I, I just love that you're approaching it that way. What a great way to approach well, parenting in general, but money parenting in particular, where we feel like there's all this baggage, it's really mm. just ours. The kids have nothing. Absolutely. And and I love that as well, because I'm just getting started on this journey and I've got so much baggage to bring along. And before <laughs> I even start dumping on my six-year-old, it's better to sort it out. So Tiffany, I'm a little early to this, this session and, and that's where you are here, Jesse. So we chose you, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> If you haven't figured it out by now. So enlighten us, Jesse. Why don't we start with a little bit about yourself and, and tell us about yourself. So I'll give you some of my baggage, My since we're talking about baggage, right? Money baggage. I grew up, there were six kids, mom and dad, very stable, always knew there'd be food in the fridge, always had the feeling that we were safe. Like it was, everything would be fine. And we were upper middle class, maybe. I don't know how you define those things, but my dad was the breadwinner and my mom was the homemaker, very traditional. And Mm. I knew when I walked home from school and walked inside, I could yell for mom and I would hear her answer very quickly. 
And I knew my dad would come home 6.30 or 7 o'clock, and I knew he'd go back to work the next day. And as a kid, you're just kind of like, oh, okay. But as you look back with some adult eyes, I think, oh, man, what a mountain of stability my parents mm. provided for me. Uh-huh. And, and then as I got a little older, I was 14, my dad gave me three books. They didn't talk about money in front of us a lot. If they did, it wasn't the most frictionless conversation. It was really my dad inquiring and my mom explaining. It was fairly tame. There weren't like big fights or if there were, they kept them from the kids or whatever, but mm-hmm. it never looked like this happy topic. It was, there was always just like a, a little tension that you could pick mm. up on, but I never thought we were broke. I never thought, oh, we've run out. And that is quite a blessing as a kid. So as far as education goes, it seems like my dad kind of outsourced it. He, he gave me three books that I still love to this day. He gave me, you mentioned Dave Ramsey early on. He gave me Dave Ramsey's, I think it might've been his first book. It's called Financial Peace. Uh-huh. And I don't even know if it's still in print anymore, but it's so good. And he hasn't changed a lot of what he teaches from there. It's just, they're good, solid principles. They won't mm-hmm. lead you wrong. I read mm-hmm. that book and I learned about life insurance as a 14 year old. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's pretty. Oh, wow. Wild. And you're like, oh, that's like a morbid thing for a 14. But I learned about it. I was like, oh, okay. I learned that debt is bad. And I just assumed, oh, debt's bad. Okay. Mm. I'll just, I'll listen to this one book. And uh, I read this book and I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, debt's bad. And it, it just was like, I accepted it as unquestionable truth. Nice. Um, the Millionaire Next Door was the second book my dad gave me. Mm. And you learn that the Ford F-150 is the car of choice for the millionaire, at least in the United States. You learn that they don't, they aren't flashy. You learn that they spend far mm. less than they make. And, and then I read The Richest Man in Babylon, which is a great fable about these principles that I had learned in these other two books. And I just took them all as, yeah, this is truth. So fast forward a few years, I'm young and married to Julie, and we recognized we had no money, and we were broke, and... We were working for $8 and $10 an hour, just students in school. Mm-hmm. But I remembered, oh, debt is bad. Like mm. not just, not, and I don't mean like morally bad, but like debt for us was like a non-negotiable. We will not go into debt. And mm. that could be irrational or misplaced, but it was there, you know, whether or not, however it came to be. Yeah. And so that was the impetus for me deciding We had this little spreadsheet we were using to budget. It was working well. And I thought maybe I could sell this to make a little bit of money to not have to go into debt because our first baby was on the way. Julie wanted to be able to be full-time into the mom thing and not be the main breadwinner at the time. I was still totally in school. So she wanted to step out of the workforce. I still had to finish school enter YNAB, this little rinky-dink spreadsheet that I started selling. The spreadsheet quickly went away and it became software. But mm. I, as far as baggage goes, I think there was some positive stuff there where I just, as a young kid, the things that you learn, you don't question. And there's something very nice about the simplicity of that. Mm. And yeah. so I remain grateful for that, grateful for the stability my parents provided and grateful for the, the books that my dad gave me that gave me a, a foundation to stand on and say, okay, for, these are my operating principles and I'll go from there. Wow. Just for additional context, and especially for the international crowd outside of the US, yeah. when you're saying school, you're saying you're roughly university. about university. Yeah. So, so I would have been, a- I, we got married when I was just turned 22. We were married a couple months later. So I was young married. I still that had a few early. years of school left. Yeah. yeah. Mm. We just wanted to get started. Like seven babies, like you got to get on that. No time, no waste. You, know, you, know, you got to <laughs> go. So. Right. So with YNAB, just so that people kind of had an understanding of what those principles are. Maybe you want to touch on those. So they're just, there are four rules. Our first rule is we say to every single person, give every dollar a job and not dollars you don't have, only dollars you have on hand. So when Deep first started you, Tiffany, it was like, what's in Tiffany's checking account? Okay. Mm -hmm. Those are the dollars that we will then assign. And then you're like, oh, I'll earn more money later or I'll do this. It's we don't care when you, when more money comes in, (laughs) we'll ask ourselves the same question. What should this money do? And Mm. when you give to A, you can't give to B. And, uh, so give every dollar a job is just the envelope system, Tiffany, except it's for the 21st century. It's, it's not cash based. You're not lugging around lots of cash and envelopes and things. And so it's all managed 
with the software and we don't do things in our head. People that mm-hmm. think they manage their money in their head are definitely wrong. So that's yeah. our first rule. The second rule <laughs> is if Deep was teaching Tiffany again, kind of introducing you to YNAB, it would be like he's introducing Tiffany four months later and Tiffany four years later and like future versions of Tiffany, right? And you Mm. look just as youthful. Everything has worked out really well in that way. But like future Tiffany also is like, I want to go on a trip with my family. I want to be able to replace the tires on the car. I want to have a Christmas where I'm not stressing. And Mm. so present Tiffany is like, oh, okay. Thanks for letting me know future Tiffany. And it's like you're bringing in a future version of yourself to negotiate over the money. And so when we're giving every dollar a job, we're also what we call embracing your true expenses, meaning we're looking to those larger, less frequent expenses that future Tiffany will have to deal with. And Mm. we're taking those into consideration as well. And they're not just the bad kind, like property taxes. It's also like vacation to the Bahamas type expenses. We want them all included. So then you get back to rule one and you're like, you're now doing this weird math that no one does where you're like, should we go to sushi or should we fund Christmas? Mm. And that's a weird <laughs> thing. That's a weird thing. Now, sometimes Truly. you can do both, right? Sometimes people are like, yeah, we'll do both. Other times people are like, well, I don't want to take from Christmas. I, like I have these little kids. I don't want to steal from Faye, that poor little girl. So I'll pass on the sushi. So it's a really interesting tension that is so good. That's so true, Jesse. Actually, so like one thing I've realized since I've been doing it is I always just said, oh, I don't have money for that. Yeah. I might, but I I was like, oh, I for sure don't. I don't. But maybe I had sushi money, actually, that could have been for that. (laughs) Or you're right. You're right. That's something that's been really interesting to see. On the flip side, looking at the bank account and saying, oh, I definitely have that money for the kayak that I want to buy, right? Which is all that money piled up for Bahamas going away in one (laughs) shot, getting that inflatable boat. (laughs) Exactly. And you should get the kayak, everyone, to be clear. Like we at YNAB, we have no dog in the fight on what you buy. We really Mm. want you to have everything. One of our team members, Kat, she's wonderful. She tells her kids this. You can have anything you want. You can't Mm. have everything, but you can have Mm -hmm. anything. And that I is love that. It's so true where you can you can feel those priorities come into play. So those are two rules. It's like give every dollar a job, remember the future expenses, give those dollars jobs as well, feel the tension, enjoy the tension. The third rule is to roll with the punches. And it's in boxing where you move your head in the same direction as a blow. So you lessen mm. it, right? You lessen the impact. And we know that life, all three of us here know that life does its own thing. The last year and a half, my word, proof, right? So- <laughs> We know that like curveballs come all the time. And if you're alive, then life Mm -hmm. will be dynamic. So Mm -hmm. our rule is basically, hey, Tiffany, you made that budget. And then you found out new information. Change the budget. That's it. Change your budget as needed. You're more like a coach, Mm. like working with a basketball team or a soccer team and making adjustments with how the other team is playing. It's mm. more like that than just like, I mean, you do go in with a game plan and you're like, okay, that's their best player. We'll double team him here. We'll do this or that thing. I can kill the sports references. I can do chess. <laughs> it, either way. So you, you recognize, oh, they went with their pawn, their king's pawn up two spaces. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Oh, they brought their knight. Oh, their queen's coming out early. All of that. You, like, you went in with a game plan on how you would open, but then mm. based on what life is dealing back, you adjust. For some mm-hmm. reason, we think that budgeting is like this rigid inflexible thing Mm. that's like outside of us that's not ours completely and wholly and we don't recognize that rigid things break right Mm. and we want it to be flexible and adaptable Mm -hmm. so that's the third rule the fourth rule i'll go through really quickly we call it aging your money and you'd mentioned tiffany early on you were paycheck to paycheck the dollars you were spending, you had earned like two days before, three days before, paycheck on quite. Friday. Or not quite. <laughs> Sometimes you're even negative. Like I spent a little money on a credit card and then the paycheck yep. will handle that later. Like negative mm. ages of money. And so what we're talking about is essentially a dollar you earn today, you wouldn't spend for 30, 40, 50 days. Right. And you just step away from that financial edge. You literally sleep better in these situations. Mm. And if you're sharing finances with a spouse or partner, Suddenly, because you're not both, imagine walking like deep, walking with your six-year-old on a trail mm. where it's a sheer drop-off on one mm. side. And your six-year-old's like, dad, I want to walk on the drop-off side. 
You're like, uh, no. So like you, you pulled a little bit, but imagine you and your wife walking with yeah. your six year old, like a, a two foot wide path and you have to cross this thing. Imagine the conversation you and your wife have as far as like the intensity of the communication with the two of you. If you see right. her make a misstep, like you are right on it. And it's not like that you're mad necessarily at each other, but you are intense about it. Yeah. We do that yeah. with our money. We're intense in our money conversations because we are financially walking right along this this edge. So mm. when if, if I were married to Tiff, I'd be like, hey, Tiff, you went to Target today? Like, I want to hear about the rest of your day. Oh, you went to Target and you went to lunch and you went out with some friends. And she's just like, why didn't Jesse say I went to Target? Does he think I shouldn't? Suddenly, because we're paycheck to paycheck, my comment that's totally benign is not. It's an attack. Mm. And uh-huh. when you can get away from the edge, I can be like, oh, you went to Target? And she'd be like, yeah, and then blah, blah, blah. Like It doesn't even register to her as something that's a thing because it isn't a thing because we're not right on the edge. So that fourth rule to not have that stress just swooshing around every conversation you have and every thought you have and color every decision you make, even career decisions, should I take on this project decisions, all kinds mm-hmm. of decisions. To not mm-hmm. have that imminent stress there, mm-hmm. you are you just in a so better state. What you just described is what I'm definitely on the path toward and what I realized yeah. I want to create for my daughter now. Yeah, yeah. I want her to go into life looking at college, looking at jobs, looking at projects, careers, everything from a place of abundance mm-hmm. and security and feeling safe. Yeah. And she certainly like she doesn't have that because mm. you have to have the education, the experience, the understanding of money in your financial situation and of course I'm here for her and, you know, not just dumping her outside like, oh, you're 18. That's it. Goodbye. But I realized there's so much work to do and she's 12. So like Mm -hmm. time to get started. Right. Right. Yeah. You should set her up on YNAB and just open up another budget for her. Like same account. Start her out. The thing that's really cool about kids is they know how to budget way better than we do. Really? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. They understand. I'm listening. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they understand that like what you did, Tiffany, is you've started to reinforce this idea of money is, is not a concern, which is a great thing. We don't need mm. to be worried, stressed about money, but we need to acknowledge money's finite property, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. Now, and we're not a government, mm. so we have to say it's finite. Governments don't have to, yeah. do, but we have to do it. We have to, <laughs> yeah, we really only have this money. So kids innately recognize when they run out of money, they're just like, oh, I'm out. And they'll just turn off the spending immediately because what else do you do as a kid? You literally have no other options. You can go beg for money from mom or dad. Sure, that's fine. Or you can just not have it. And so much of the time, my kids are just like, I just don't have any. Life goes on. Mm -hmm. Now, as adults, we don't do that. It's getting worse everywhere across the world. But in the US, it is entrenched in a very bad way. When we run out of money here in the US, we just swipe a credit card and solve that problem. (laughs) We never feel again... That the deep you laugh, but like, yeah, it's real, it's so real. You're like, "Mm, there's more money next month in like the money garden or something, Mm -hmm. like, yeah. No, I see that, and I was just laughing because Jesse's so right, it might have been the US, but it's spreading so fast, even in India, for example. Just the consumerism and and this credit card companies is crazy. People are living on credit. I have a little theory, it's total tangent. Every successful company eventually becomes a financing company if you Mm. examine it, like eBay, financing company. GE financing General mm-hmm. Motors the car maker no they're a financing company they make so much more money from lending people money than from making cars and it just goes you can PayPal great little mm-hmm. let's exchange money back and forth 20 years ago they're now a financing company that's where, that's where they mm-hmm. make all their money so yeah. mm-hmm. there's so much money there because people can't <laughs> seem to shake it they can't seem to get off of that it's I'm not going to say it's addictive but it's just so habitual that we can as an adult you run out of money and then you just walk right past zero and mm. you're like, oh, okay, I'll mm. just solve it next month, Tiffany. And mm. kids can't, can't do that. So what you want to do, you'd mentioned you want her to feel an abundance, Tiffany. And I actually, mm-hmm. you want her to feel scarcity. Mm. And I know that sounds not like scare is the root word of scare. It's not really the root word, but it sounds like it's scare, <laughs> scarcity, like yeah. nothing's good here. But mm. what you want her to feel with that $200 is if I buy a croissant every day, I'll 
that'll be fine, but I won't be able to do the birthday gifts one, two, or three here, right? She'll start to feel like these tensions between different priorities. She'll start to yeah. feel the scarcity of finite mm. money. And then when she feels that she's running out, you will start to see her true 12-year-old priorities mm. come mm -hmm. to light. And she'll say, I really love this girlfriend of mine and I want to get her a really nice gift. So I'll, I'll forego the croissants. I'm using your examples, right? Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> it's her way of being like croissants, not as important as this gift for my good friend. And that is a money lesson. That's the secret. So the best thing you can do is when you set her up on the budget, you actually goad her into coming up with all of the things her 12-year-old mind wants. Don't you want this kind of makeup? Choose expensive kind. Don't you want mm. this? Don't you want this? Mm -hmm. What about, you mentioned one time in passing as we were driving by this thing, you mentioned this, wouldn't you want that? And you just make her do this category list that's just it, like inexhaustible. Mm. Then you have the $200. I'm then, loving this. Because she just she feels like she feels this abundance. Oh my gosh, the world is my the, my oyster. I can do anything. Mine. I whatever yes. I want, whatever, whatever I dream. Want. Yes. You can have yes, girl. everything. <laughs> or anything. Yeah, you can have anything. Anything. But not everything. But not everything. Yeah. So she'll start yeah. to allocate the two hundred dollars and she'll run out so fast, way before the categories are or she'll recognize, oh, two dollars per category per month. When I'm like mm. twenty five, I'll be able to buy that. That's where you'll see her priorities be unveiled. Mm -hmm. And that's what adults need to have happen as well. As adults, we just go around with our money just almost being pickpocketed. We're, it's voluntary, but mar I'm a marketer. Marketers are so good at knowing exactly how to play us. And so we just are reacting to inbound stuff all the time. We're scrolling through this, we're swiping through that. Mm -hmm. And it's just like money is going. We, we don't sit down, especially with our significant other, mm. when we're sharing finances and say, what do I really care about? And the reason debt is bad, and I think morally bad, is not because it's like inherently morally bad. It's because it robs us of the opportunity of running out of money and then feeling our priorities come to fruition and being like, oh, wait, I actually want that. And mm. that's the beauty of it. Yeah. Yeah. Jesse, you, you said you have seven kids? Yeah. What's the age spread? How's the youngest the, in the... The, the youngest, he, he was born a year and a half ago. So right before COVID kind of got real, real. He, no. I, yeah. So he was born then. And so we had this very strange paternity leave slash quarantine, but it was interest i was gonna say fun i'm like no fun would be a lie it was interesting <laughs> to do that yeah. and thank so, yeah, you for he's, your honesty yeah 18 months old <laughs> and then my oldest is almost 18 years old so we have a pretty good spread and we're just experimenting all along the way with these yeah. little tiny guinea pigs that we have some of them bigger mm -hmm. than me now and and rerouting i imagine oh um, all the time so what's your plan with the youngest one how old would he or she be when you start talking about money we choose eight years old as the spot. And it's totally an artifact of like in our church when they're baptized, they're eight. And so I was just kind of mm. like, mm, eight years old. Mm. Like it was literally that lazy. I didn't think about it any further than that. I was just like, oh, eight seems like a good time. You got baptized. Like if you're a, old enough to make this decision. Yeah, right of you're passage You're old enough to time. make these. Yeah. Yeah. So let's start setting you up with a budget. Until then, we just buy them stuff as needed. And they hear a lot of chatter from their older siblings around how much fun money do I have? How much clothing money do I have? When they're 14, we stop buying them clothes. We have them start paying for that on their own. Mm. Uh, which Say means, more about that. I'm a couple yeah, years like, behind you. <laughs> clothing seven kids, even with the hand-me-down thing really dialed in and like storage totes labeled nicely. This could still, be a full-time job. Yeah, it's <laughs> a lot. And then everything's online now. All the shopping's online. So you can't bring all the kids like, you're like, all right, Saturday, we're going to get clothing. You can't bring them all, like even to a nice store, you can't bring them all and be like, clothe all these kids. One and done, I'm <laughs> done for the year. Because they're <laughs> like, oh, you'll, you got to buy that online. They don't carry inventory anymore. So- you're buying it online. It doesn't fit. You're sending it back. Yep. It's like we have a little yep. receiving center at the yeah. dining room table. I'm like, if I were to build a house again, would I have a little docking station? I was going to say, you could get an Amazon like <laughs> dock station, right? so insane. <laughs> and, and so my approach is, oh, just get this off of Julie's plate. My word, she has so many other things. It's like this churn of clothing these kids is ridiculous. So at 14, I said, you're in charge of it on your own. And that's worked out pretty well. What happened was the boys just don't buy themselves clothes. 
And then yeah. at Christmas time, they ask for clothes. They're like, well, I'd like some clothes. I'd like some clothes. And Julie's like, oh, fun. So that's <laughs> working favorably, I guess. And then my almost 14 year old daughter, she's found out that she can wear her mom's clothes now. So her problems mm. are basically solved as well. I don't know. We're just seeing oh, how it sounds goes. like you just yeah. made a new problem for Julie. I, <laughs> yeah. It's like Julie will be like, oh, this doesn't quite fit me. Like I'll return it. And then Lydia will be like, mm, why go you through the hassle of returning it? Gosh. <laughs> Sneaky little. I have a better idea. <laughs> yeah. So at 12, they work for me cleaning mm. the office. So that's where they can start to earn some money. Before that, we give them an allowance so that they can mm. practice managing money, not because they've earned it, if that makes sense. Yeah. I'm really curious about your philosophy around this. Because there are, of course, all these different schools of thought. Like, yeah. if you do X, Y, Z, then you earn money. For me, mm. raising a girl, I want her to know what it's like to work. But I also want her to realize she has, like, intrinsic value. And, yeah. like, I am her parent. And as you said, I want her to learn how to manage the money. Mm -hmm. And I also don't need one more thing to police. That was what got us off of that. The management of the chore and the payment. You're just like, this is a disaster. Yeah, yeah that's, that's probably, probably the real, real core of it. Yeah, mm -hmm. so there's an ease of administration that is appealing yes. with that. Yes. I took it from Ron Lieber. He's a New York Times columnist, and he wrote a book about how to not raise spoiled kids. Very good mm. book. And he just said, allowance is to learn to manage money. Chores you do because you're a member of the family and you pull your weight. Right? Yeah. I love that. Yeah. yeah, growing up in India, none of that was present. I never had yeah. an allowance. So it was my dad's pocket all the time. Dad, I want that mm -hmm. till the age of 15. Very different cultures, no? And you grew up being spoiled as a brat. Mom's yeah. doing everything for you at home. So there's no value for your time and there's no value for your chore for work that you do. So oh, that's super interesting. Yeah, I love that. On a side note, mom doing everything for you, Deep. My best friend in high school was also Indian. And I remember as a freshman in high school going to his house, it was a new culture for me. I sit down and she would say, do you want something to eat? And I would be like, yeah, sure. Like I thought maybe she had some leftovers. No, she would disappear for like 45 minutes, do a full blown meal, like three courses. I'm like, pray, who is this woman? How do you, and he's just like, what? So it was, I totally get that. It's, it's a culture clash. And I, and I come home to my mom. I'm like, mom, you would not believe how Pranay lives. It was Oh, I love that woman. She was so fantastic. Yeah, there you go. I you don't have it. to lose yeah, your yeah. pocket money for that meal. That's right. Fresh, like from scratch, everything. Oh, it was so good. So good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I do have one question. Like when it comes to the allowance, and of course, like the amount is based on each individual's budget and what yeah. they're able to truly afford in there. But what influences that? What is a sufficient amount for a given age? What yeah. kind of boundaries did you guys use or benchmarks? Yeah. Mm. I honestly cannot. I don't even know offhand what my nine-year-old's is. I. It's just auto. We do an auto deposit. It's not a lot. I, mean, I say not a lot. Who knows? Maybe someone will hear it and be like, oh my gosh, that's a ton. <laughs> but it was in the realm of $10 a week or something like that. And okay. Now she's nine. I liked how you went through like, these are the things I pay for because mm. that starts to inform, like you can morph some of it from just like Tiffany Payne to like, well, no, now your daughter's paying, but it's still your money, but she's starting to mm. learn that. That it's her choice. Yeah. Like the birthday gift was a great thing. Yeah. Because yeah. she might say, I want to start to save some of this. This feels good to have money in the pocket. You'll see what, what happens. Yeah. I have some of my kids that are savers and some of them are money burns a hole in their pocket. I'm still finding out. I mean- when it's not endless or you can't always go to mom. Yeah. Start low because it's hard to lower it. It'd be like, yeah, it's like trying to give your employee like a opposite of a <laughs> raise. Got, I'm going to want you to do the same amount of work, but just for less money. Yeah. All so good. I, I would just start low and be like, yeah, I'm going to try and fill this out. I want to make sure it's the right amount for you. I don't want you to stress about it, but I want you to also feel what it's like to run out because mm. that's what mom does. And then, yeah, just fill it out and go from there. It's an experiment. So there's no yeah. perfectly right answer. Yeah. Just for example, things that I said I would continue to pay for because I was worried. I didn't want her to say like, if I just stop playing soccer, I have oh. more money for movies or yeah. candy. Yeah. And I was mm -hmm. like, eh, that's a value thing. So like mm -hmm. mom pays for soccer. Yes. Mom pays for acting class. Mm -hmm. 
That is um, smart. I like that. Yeah. You're thinking also, about it. I was trying to have him learn the value of a dollar, and he had birthday money that he'd gotten from the time he was zero until he was six, and it was like $100, and we'd been setting it aside in this bank account for him. And so for some reason, I think Julie and I were like, well, let's tell him about the money, and maybe he can use it for something, and he knew immediately he was going to buy one of these LeapFrog educational game systems. It's like a Game Boy, but not nearly as good, not even close. And I could see the writing on the wall. I'm like, that's not going to last a week. But he was dead set on it. So in order to persuade him, I did this super savvy thing. I go to the bank and I withdraw his money all in dollar bills. I'm like, <laughs> give it to me in singles. And so it's $100 literal like, stacked on top. Of it. it's, it's a fat wad it's of cash. Thick. you know? Yeah. yeah. And so I'm like, this will definitely work. So we go to Best Buy and that's where they had the leapfrog. He finds it. We walk up through the checkout line. I hand him the money, actually handed it to him early so he could fill it a little bit. He pulls it out, and I'm thinking, like, here's the moment where he's going to be like, ooh, this is a lot of money. I better think about this. That did not happen. It was completely and totally. The person's like, it's $97.42 or whatever they said. I, he didn't even hear what amount they said. He was just like, just hands him the money. Go. Here you go. This ought to cover it keep the change kind of a vibe going with him, you know? And so the person gave him back a few dollars, which he thought was amazing. He's like, wait, I still have $3 and a leapfrog. Anyway, they totally backfired. The leapfrog didn't last. And now to this day, I tell him the story and he's like, oh no, I remember. I, he's like, I don't know why you let me do that. I really wish I had a hundred dollars now. And I'm just like, don't even start with me. Don't you? So, I don't know why you let me do that so yeah. that you could realize that you wish you had a hundred dollars right now. Yeah, You're welcome. Everything is a lesson. <laughs> yeah. Like they come out in the way they're like, we think we're doing all of this parenting and raising and, and molding. I, I don't think we're molding. I think we're chipping away. And then we're like, oh, here they are. Mm. We found them. I don't know about the molding thing. They're so unique and they're just wired so differently. And same household, same parents. Like It's as much of a control as you could possibly have. And then the result is so different. I've got kids that save every penny. I've got one kid that loads his 401k, like 25% mm. of what he work working for me, he puts in his 401k. So that thing's off to the races. And he's totally content. I've got another one. If it's cash, they spend it right away. But if it's in their bank account, they don't touch it. And you're like, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay. That looks... So we, you try and teach them principles. And I think the four rules are the principles that we can fall back on where we're like, find out what you really care about. Mm -hmm. Make sure your money does that thing. Consider future you and what that future version of you cares about. Make sure that's in the mix. As you marry and find your soulmate, make sure that the four of you, the future versions of you and the present you are talking. Those principles are key, but whether or not I think Porter should buy yet another disc for Ultimate Frisbee, and that's mm. his thing. So mm. you got to let him be and then just yeah. give him those operating principles. But my word yeah. is it hard to not pull back the helicopter sometimes and let him learn a little. Oh. Mm. I gotta say, yeah, I, I can certainly identify with I that. I said helicopter on stuff. purpose because, yeah. yeah so. <laughs> no, I picked up the <laughs> reference. <laughs> How often do you talk about money, Jesse, with, with your family? Of course, you're running Wine yeah. App, so it's, a, it's probably a daily thing, but how often do you consciously talk about money? What are some of the rituals and routines you've set around it? Yeah, the consciously, I actually just acknowledged very, this is very recent. This is a new experiment in the Meekum household where, I told Julie, I said, I think we need to start teaching money lessons that aren't just, hey, you need to budget, you need to make sure you're allocating your money, giving every dollar a job, blah, blah, blah. There are other mm. principles of money that come along with it, like investing and how compound interest works and taxes and how expensive mm. that is and living mm -hmm. and how expensive that is. And even things like, hey, what will happen to mom and dad's money when mom and dad are gone? And we're planning on giving most of it away because I'm mortified to ruin my family with some windfall or something, but that's mm. a totally separate episode of which I would just be <laughs> floundering because I really don't know what I'm doing there. But mm. all that to say, I, there are these high level principles that you could teach. Even we, like we own a few rental properties and I one time walked them through like how the rental property works. They mm. pay us rent and they're like, where does the rent go? It goes into a bank account. We pay a property manager. Who's that? His name's Mike Borzoni, which is the perfect name for a property manager. And so they're like, oh, okay. And, As and one is named. Yeah. We set aside money for HOA dues. They're like, HO what? You're talking about that yeah. a little bit. 
But the other day I told Julia, we do this thing, we call it family night. We do it either Sunday night or Monday night. It's a non-negotiable. You have to attend. You have to be there. And it's meant for us to not be on screens, not be watching TV, not be doing anything where there's distraction. It's family. Mm. And Mm. we'll sometimes share like a spiritual thought or lesson. People are in charge of different components of family night. The one thing that I just added was what I called the financial minute that turned into 10 minutes. But Mm. for this one, I just said, all right, everybody, mom and I are an open book. Ask us what anything costs, how much we spend on anything. And they were peppering me with, what do you spend on clothes? What do you spend on this? What do you spend on the mortgage? Then it's like, oh, actually we paid off the mortgage. Mm. You did, what's that mean? It's, oh, Mm. they were blown away by how much we spent on clothes for all those little heathens. They were blown away by how much utilities cost. Like just water, heat, all that stuff. Yeah. Why does Mm. dad always tell me to turn off the lights? You're like, and we're even running LEDs. And I still, I'm like, turn off the lights, please. I love that. They got some context. Yeah. What touched me was that just them managing money and having a feel for what it is puts mm-hmm. everything in so much context and comparison when you when they name the price for these things that you're spending on. That's so powerful. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. When they think that $100 is a lot and then they find yeah. out that $100 doesn't even <laughs> foot the whole utility bill, they're just yeah. like, whoa, how, what other costs are there? I told them our food costs. We, I think we spend $1,500 a month on food for the mm-hmm. nine of us. We eat mm-hmm. well. Julie is a phenomenal cook. So she gets good ingredients. She kills it. You could eat cheaper than the Meekums, but my boys that drink milk like it's water, they're just kind of mm-hmm. like, oh, geez. Yeah, that is, that's a lot of money. It would take them a long time to save up at, at what we spend in one month on groceries. And like you, you're saying, deep context is everything. So then mm-hmm. when they're at the store and they're like, hey, can we have this? But they know you dropped $1,500 on the staples and the normal stuff. Suddenly mm-hmm. they're just like, oh yeah, I guess that makes sense that, you know, mom here is like, no, or hey, if it's in your budget, go for it. That has been so freeing deep. Yes. If I can give Jackie one piece of advice, or you, if you're taking Yanish to the store. Go for it. <clears throat> I will buy you food. I will buy you sustenance. You will never go hungry but you will eat healthy. If you want some garbage, that's on you. Don't yeah. ask me. It doesn't matter. It's, it's cool. Get whatever you want. Get sick. Throw up. Go Halloween on it. That's with your, that's with your Tosh and Geld, homie. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. Don't sneak it in. Don't drop it in the cart. Don't squeeze it up on the belt right at oh, the yeah. end. No, that's on thing. you. Yeah. And and I love it because I don't have to say no. You can have that. Yeah, you sure can. You deserve uh, it even. Treat you yourself. You earned it. You know, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. yeah, you get to be the good guy. <laughs> YOLO, honey. YOLO. <laughs> I love that. I got to do that. We buy our kids Halloween candy. They come back from Halloween that night and I look at it. I'm like, man, Rose, that's a big haul. I'll give you mm. 20 bucks for it. She's like, Really? A whole weeks of allowance? I don't know uh-huh. what it is. Yeah, yeah. And then she does it, and I throw it in the trash can. She's just, wow, it's blew my mind. But like, yeah, it's worth it. I don't have <laughs> because to you know how much wrappers. the dentist costs. Yeah. So the ROI on this is way high, actually. So, yeah. <laughs> That's not I a suggestion. It. It's just full disclosure just on it. my side. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just do it. <laughs> That's so good. Speaking of letting kids face plant and having them understand and also, of course, perspective. One time when Olive was little, which I've already told you all our listeners now, like I was a single mom. Stuff was tight. Yeah. And I was like the queen of Target and TJ Maxx. And I just gotten this new rug in the bathroom mm. from TJ Maxx. And Olive want to paint nails. And I said, okay. And we had them all open and I still needed something from the other room. And I pointed at them and got on her eye level so that a toddler understands you and you know they do. I said, do not touch this. I'll be right back. And I come back and she had knocked it down. It's all over the rug. Rug's destroyed. And I'm like so furious, not even about the rug, but just for the simple fact that we literally just had this talk, man. Like you agreed. Blatant blatant (laughs) disobedience. Yeah. Yes. Like you agreed with me. (laughs) And yet here we are. And I thought, okay, I'm super annoyed about this. So like, how do I make it hurt her? As much as it hurts me <laughs> without physically hurting her. Yes. And I yeah. was like, she was, she is still American. And I was like, obviously her wallet. 
Yeah. And so I was like, okay, why don't you go get your piggy bank and we're going to count out how much this rug is and go get a new one now. Like fun little Saturday instead of going yeah. to get ice cream, we're going to get a new rug. And so she was doing that and she counted out and pretty soon it's like literally all the coins on the floor. And she was like, <laughs> you're going to take all my money? I mean – Really making me feel like the IRS. She had worked hard. (laughs) I was just ripping it all out from under her. And fast forward. Yes, all your money. It's in a little Ziploc bag. We're going to the store. And even before we went, we didn't go directly to the rugs. We did kind of your budget suggestion, right? Mm -hmm. I went to the toy section. Oh, is there anything here that you would like? Is there anything here that looks cool? And of course she found something and I had told her the rug was like $12. It was something around there. And I picked up the toy and I looked at the back and it was not $12. But I was like, oh, wow, $12. That's (laughs) such a bummer. (laughs) (laughs) Brutal. I was like, that is such a bummer. Because you would have had enough for that today, but next time (laughs) we wheeled on over to the rugs. And I just remember feeling actually very sorry for the woman who was checking us out, who was handed the Ziploc bag of of coins. And she looked at me like, really? And I was like, yes. Yeah. Don't judge me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's not my fault. It's hers. And I guess if you ask all of like, I don't know if I would do it the same, like it's a funny story now. And I guess she would remember. And overall, I think she takes very good care of her stuff. But yeah, that was a hard lesson. She's not going to be scarred for life, but maybe you did mold her a little bit with that. Maybe mm. my molding things needs to be retracted. Something. Maybe so I intense. chipped her though. Maybe yeah, there's yeah, a little yeah, chip yeah, you out just chipped, You're like, oh look, she takes care of her things now. We Oops. we discovered an attribute. Yeah, what you were teaching her was trade offs, right? And I think right. going to the toy section, mm. she didn't yet have this awareness of a trade off, and so you were reinforcing like, this is a trade off. There's opportunity cost here, yep. and we adults we do not get comfortable with trade offs and. We just think we can have it all. And it's ridiculously immature, but I'm not mad at anyone for that because it's so common that Mm. it really is something fundamental we're trying to address here. We're trying to Mm -hmm. be proactive with our money instead Mm. of reactive. And Mm -hmm. being proactive means introducing that scarcity in the best sense of the word, letting your priorities come to the top especially when you're working together with someone else and you're just like, oh my gosh, we actually really love travel and we Mm. don't love eating out like we thought we did. Or we love eating out at places that cost us $500 and we'll do Mm. that twice a year, but we can Mm -hmm. skip Chipotle, no knock on Chipotle. We can skip that all day long. Mm -hmm. And so priorities start to come out. I chatted with a friend a while ago. He was trying to tell me how... They were so into going to the movies as a family. They love the movies. They love everything about it. Like the movie mm. theater, the smell, the popcorn, the whole thing, the anticipation, yeah, the trailers. the $20 popcorn. Yes, they mm. love it all. And so they I, love it, yep. I just asked them, tell me more. What do you love about the movies? And as you really got to the bottom of it, it was we're there as a family. It's this shared experience. It's all kind of done for us. We love mm. the food. And so he figured out how to do a movie night at home. He was really heads down on trying to pay off debt. So he had a motivation to try and you know, find some extra mm. money. Uh-huh. And he basically just recreated the movie night experience at home. At home. And they didn't do trailers, but he was like, mm. we could have done trailers. He was trying to make the point of, <laughs> we could have watched trailers from old movies just for like nostalgia's sake, and then yeah. sat down and watched our movie. But they did the popcorn. They all... And uh-huh. it, it literally saved him, I don't know, $100 for the evening. And he was just like, it was just as good, if not better. And that's not to mm. say that you don't go to the movies. Again, you spend your money, like you do you, that whole thing. But be really clear on what you are actually buying. And at that point, you can start to get creative and really get to the essence of the value proposition that you're looking for. Yeah. Love that. Love yeah. it. It's a struggle to bring that clarity for yourself, which is a win by itself. What are you really buying? What are you valuing? How do you even bring that with your partner, with your spouse? How yeah. do you even, how do you do that? Yeah. 
Julie, bless her heart, she is uh, way too busy to be the head nerd of the house as far as budgeting goes. I do the heavy lifting of the budget. I make sure it's reconciled that the bank and YNAB agree, all that. I sit down with her once a month and I say, here's what the budget looks like. And she looks at a few categories, groceries, clothing, Mm -hmm. furniture, because she's always got her eye on, it's like, we needed this piece here. But it's something that she saves up for a while. But she's always, I want my furniture category funded. I could go Ikea (laughs) straight up all the time, no problem. That's not, she's just, now. Ikea is for kids' rooms, Mm. not, it's not real furniture. Again, no Mm. knock on Ikea. That's just her. She's like, these three categories are what she cares about. And then- Travel, like family trips. What are we going? Mm-hmm. Are we? What are we doing for fall break? What are we doing for spring break? Making sure mm. money is being funded into those. The rest of it, she couldn't care less. So what I try and do is just have her record transactions mm. on the phone. And when she records and then the, the bank brings in the transaction and YNAB kind of automagically meets him up. So there's a little <laughs> cute link. I'm like, Julie, you nailed it. It linked up. And she's always, oh, look how cool I am. I try and like... <laughs> praise her on like, hey, you're adding the transactions. That's good. Because that's about what she is willing to do. And Mm. we're talking 18 years of experiment. I'll tell you, here's a different deep, I'm going to go a little bit of a tangent, but this is important. Go for it. (laughs) For years, Julie, who was the main grocery shopper for a while, now I kind of am doing more of the shopping, but for a while, she was the one going to the store, getting the food. And I said, she's a great cook. And so that was part of her whole thing. And our grocery budget was always going over. And rule three Mm. tells us, hey, Jesse, you can move money. You can adjust your plan. But I think it went over like 48 months in a row. (laughs) And I would be like, Julie, what's the deal? How how can we always go over? And I was remembering back to like old Julie when we were first married that knew like the price of a can of corn within a 50-mile radius. She just knew every (laughs) price for everything. But I was talking to the Julie that had four kids uh, now and Mm. and we would just go back and forth and it wasn't a pleasant conversation. I, I always felt like mm-hmm. I'm like, why are we always going over? And, and she's just, I don't know. I'll try and do better. So she was feeling kind of mm-hmm. bad and I was feeling kind of like not mad, but I don't know, not happy. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that conversation was not fun for years. And one day, <clears throat> one day, I think she had a breakthrough in her, I, I, she just had this moment of clarity, like inspiration struck. And we're having the same old stupid conversation. And I'm like, why are we going over? And she's like, Jesse, for me, a success at the grocery store is I get in and I get out mm. and the kids don't melt down and mm. it's just smooth. I'm mm. not price checking. If I find it and it's in stock, I get that. I'm happy. Mm-hmm. And it was different from old Julie, who was like literally coupon matching, price checking, because we were living on $80 for the two of us for a month. And I was still stuck in that old mindset. She was purchasing something that was of a completely different value than what mm-hmm. I what. And so then it was like, oh, we need more money in the grocery budget. Mm-hmm. So right. I, And here we are at $1,500. Roll with the punches. You roll with the punches. Yeah. But to acknowledge, like she is buying something in addition to food. There is something mm-hmm. else in this. Bless the heart value for, that is yeah, with like the that. Value there. And like, also the time for couponing, for checking, for it, this is also a cost, even mm-hmm. if it doesn't have a dollar amount, Yeah, mm-hmm. which I think for most people, they could probably even put a dollar amount on their time. Yeah, you, you could for a moment. Yeah, and think about it hard for just mm-hmm. a second. It, I felt bad that it dragged on for that many years. I was stuck thinking just the dollar was the value and she had a mm-hmm. whole other equation Mm. that she wasn't even aware of, but subconsciously it was there. So I think, I just want to say that's important as you're working with a spouse, like there's a lot there to unpack. So I'll give people a few tips to run with on this. One is you gossip about your parents. So Hmm. specifically about money. So have a conversation where we're like, okay, we're going to gossip about our parents and just lay it all out. What were our parents like with money? Mm. And, and how has that maybe helped us? And so you're not putting the spotlight like on Tiffany, where she's just, okay, here I am. And these are all my money issues. No, Tiffany's just being like, oh my Mm. gosh, my parents. And I remember one time they did this. And then your significant other's like, they did? Oh my gosh, that was, how old were you? And so you're totally just divorced from the emotion of it. It's not you, (laughs) it's them. It's all their fault. Putting it on them. Most things are. Yeah. And so you can get your story out. And then it's not so much like, why are you this way in this negative way? It's just, oh, that's why you're this way. It's a discovery instead of an accusation. Mm And then you can, it starts to kind of pave the way for conversations where you're like, yeah, there are people that grow up with this poverty mindset. They will literally 
spend money because they know that they won't have money later. And so mm. it's counterintuitive, but it is so yes. real. You're like, yes. I don't, if I don't buy something, I won't have this won't because be I never have yeah. money. And so saying that to your spouse or your spouse is, oh, okay, yeah, now I get why I get this a little more. You're able to, I don't know, get to know each other a little mm. bit in that way. So that's mm. rule one is the gossip session about the parents and how they did money. That's mm-hmm. very fruitful. Number two is you talk about goals, just goals, no money at all, no mm-hmm. money talk. What are our mm. goals? What are our aspirations? When do you want to retire? Do you want to go back to school? What do you think about kids going to college? What are they going to do there? Like, we gonna, Are we going to pay for it, you think? I want to pay for it. How much would it cost? Nope, kill it right there. No money talk. Right. But oh, we want to pay mm. for it. That's interesting. Just all the biggest aspirations. It's amazing how many couples don't have big picture conversations like that right. at all. And so then once you have that conversation, you can start to work in money. Be like, what's one thing we could knock down with this? Like, we want to go to the Bahamas. Let's do it. And then, then you get back to money. It's like, oh, we can't. I don't have money for that. It's just, yeah. there's no way I have money for that. Of course not. So you can, <laughs> but you're talking around goals and not money. So it's not nearly as charged. Mm-hmm. That is mm-hmm. also super useful. If you have a really reluctant spouse, like they don't want anything to do with the budget. They think budget means prison or dieting or some other unsustainable way to live. No fun. Then mm-hmm. what you do is you, this is a little devious, a little uh, and marginally deceitful, but totally worth it. Because this reluctant spouse is not in the money so much, like they're a little more carefree, probably. Mm. We've done research with these reluctant spouses. We've gotten them on the phone. We've asked like, how can we help you? If you don't want to do YNAB, what can we do for you? And it it was been, they've been fun conversations because they're always like, why am I here? I don't want to be, you know, but they play (laughs) along because they love their spouse so much. So reluctant spouse usually isn't watching the bank account. They're not really aware of things. They just spend and they know that you'll take care of it as you always do. Mm -hmm. What you do is you think of something that this reluctant spouse wants that is unattainable. Like what Tiffany was saying around, oh, we could never buy that. So we'll use the vacation to to the Bahamas. Mm -hmm. They know that if they were to be like, hey, I want to do a vacation to the Bahamas that you would say, oh my gosh, there's no way. So they won't even ask. So what you do is you just, you save up as much as you can. You do this as fast as you can. It might take mm. you several months, but you just squirrel away money. You can do it in a separate account. You can do cash. It doesn't matter because they're usually not very aware of the money ins and outs, but you, mm. in YNAB, you can just set up a Bahamas category and put it in there. Then this is the key. The reveal here is the key. Six months later, you've saved up. Let's say it's 1200 bucks. You squirreled away $200 each month and you're doing a fairly cheap Bahamas trip. So... You go to me, you say, hey, I have a little surprise for you. And they're just like, it's not anniversary. What's going on? It's not my birthday. What's going on? What's the deal here? You're like, I just need you to be able to get work off in a month for these three days because we're going to the Bahamas. And those, mm. they're like, well, they don't believe you. And you, all you do, your job for the next three minutes while they're really in shock is to use the word budget 50 times. Where you're like, I, just, <laughs> I budgeted for it. And so we're going to, it's a Bahamas because of the budget. I just budgeted for that. Where'd the money come from? Budget had us saving this much per month. Were we able to pay bills? Well, yeah, the budget handles the bills too, but the budget also knew we wanted to do the Bahamas. So we're doing the Bahamas. And you just keep saying that, well, the budget allowed, I worked the budget and the budget showed us that we could do the Bahamas. It would just take us a little while. And I'm telling you, we've had people do this in real life where they squirreled away money in all kinds of creative ways. And then like for Christmas, this one woman, she saved up all this money. Her husband did not think it was real that that they could pay off their debt. He just, he believed we will always be in debt. That's how people are. Mm -hmm. People are always in debt. My uncles are all in debt. He just didn't believe it. So he wasn't on board with her. And she Mm -hmm. so badly wanted to be out of debt. So she was chipping away at it and Mm -hmm. slowly, but she was also squirreling away. She had this kind of scheme. She's like, I think... We could have this paid off by Christmas with this lump sum. So she would do refunds at Target and get cash back and take the cash and Mm. stick it in this jar that had formerly housed basil, the spice, right? So Christmas morning, she's like, I have another gift for you. And she gives him this jar and he's just like, unwraps it. It's just this jar of, I don't know how much, I think she said it was like maybe $750 or $1,100. It was Mm. a, a good bit of money for that family. And he opens it up and he's just, what is this? And she's like, that pays off the rest of our debt. He starts crying (laughs) because there are two things that happened. One debt free. Okay. That's worth crying about. But two, 
he recognized that his wife for a literal year had been plugging away and working on this gift and it just overwhelmed him. And now he's just like a diehard budgeter. Instead of paying off debt, they're saving up for things and paying for kids' college and things mm. like that. But he recognized like, oh, this is the thing that helps us achieve what I thought was impossible, not mm. this thing that constrains me and holds me back. Mm. And so that's mm-hmm. the thing with the gimmick with the Bahamas trip or whatever. It, is. it can be something as, as much as like a nice dinner out. Be like, there's a place in Salt Lake called Valter's, killer Italian food, super spendy place. If you wanted to make your point and you were in Salt Lake City, you would take your reluctant spouse to Walters and they'd be like, well, can we get an appetizer? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Budget says we have $600 here. So let's use it. Like, Nothing. Yeah. Can we pay all of our bills still? Absolutely. The idea to spend money and not feel guilty about it. Mm. Yeah. I don't think people realize how nice it is. It's it is huge. so big. Yeah. And this precisely, Jesse, is what I am looking for my daughter. Yes. Get her on the budget. Exactly what you Those $200. Yeah. Get her thinking through those categories, recognizing mm-hmm. what she wants the most. She'll love it. And my mm-hmm. kids are very different. They're not all little Jessies by any stretch. Thank goodness. You know? <laughs> they're all different, but they get it. And they're just like, yeah, this is how. I have a kid, Lydia. She's has thousands of dollars saved at this point. She's worked for years. And in our household, I'm like, hey, y'all save half your money. That's a rule. So in the mm. budget, it's you give, there's some giving, there's some savings, and then mm-hmm. the rest, you just build out all your categories, do however you want. Mm. So the kids mm-hmm. do this fast math. When you're like, hey, you can earn 20 bucks. They're like, 20? That's actually nine. They're like, 20 minus two for tithing, divide in half, savings, that gives me nine. I'm like, geez, Rose, you're in fourth grade. That was impressive, you know? <laughs> you're going to get a scholarship and you know how to manage money. But that world. Lydia, who loves to buy clothes... Yeah. She's almost 14, so mm. loves it, and to use her mom's clothes. So she has thousands of dollars, and yet I will see her tell a friend, oh, I can't buy anything. I don't have any money. And that's the beauty Boy, of that. it. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully she marries someone that gets it. Not, some <laughs> not a reluctant yeah. spouse that's just yeah. a trick yeah. into the Bahamas. So who do you want to marry? <laughs> Let me see his budget. Right, Let me see a, his come budget. Come back in a year, buddy. Or just expose your user list to her. Yes, these are all suitable. I've narrowed it down here. (laughs) (laughs) Rest is all good. (laughs) I love it. I want to go to the other side. It can't be all hunky-dory, Jesse, on your side. There has to be some rerouting moments for you as well. Yes, I would love to hear Jesse's rerouting moment. Oh, man. From yesterday, you know, honest. Like, the bits that get me are where you go in thinking you know something hmm. and then you classic. Yeah. And then, and then you realize, I guess I'll say it this way. My oldest, like a little bit of vulnerability here, but my oldest, when he was a freshman in high school, they did this thing, ultimate Frisbee. I don't know if it's over in Germany at all. It's a little bit like football, but it's all with a Frisbee. Once you catch the Frisbee, you can't run. And mm-hmm. it's just like a soccer esque thing too in a way, and he got really into it as a freshman, and he wasn't any good, and the the high school that he's at is very good, and I was looking at these seniors playing, and I was just like, God, those guys can throw that disc far, and man, they're fast, and man, they jump high, and, and I'm looking at this prepubescent, basically, kid, and I'm trying, and I feel like I was trying to manage his expectations, like, whoa, buddy, like, you don't want him to be disappointed and set his sights super high, And then as I watched, he just poured his heart and soul into that and got better and better. And I, the rerouting moment for me was recognizing he made the senior team as a junior. He was good. He loved it. He had this goal of doing exactly what he did. And I was so worried about him being disappointed in not achieving it Mm. that I didn't Support him support it fully in the same along way. I mean, the way. I wasn't like hindering. Yeah, but yeah. So that's the one that's but been on my mind. But you weren't bringing Jesse full dad yeah. behind you. I know what you mean. Because the real Jesse would have been like, let me figure out this game of ultimate. And let me actually mm. use my network and find someone that is a professional. And talk with that person and be like, hey, I've got a boy that's 14. He wants to get better. What do you suggest? And then I could mm. come to Porter one night and be like, hey, I was talking with so-and-so. How do you know him? And I could have been mm. supportive. And mm. instead, I was so worried about him being disappointed. 
instead of just embracing it with him. So that's like, that's a four year reroute or three. And so that's kind mm-hmm. of like, some of them are instantaneous. You react poorly to spilt milk, literally. And you're like, okay, reroute. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. in this instance, it was, it's been a long thing that I've recognized. And when we were chatting the other day about kids being rough drafts and mm. I'm like, man, Porter was totally the rough draft on me there. And so <laughs> of course I say that Same. And the, the rerouting is not just for us where we say we're changing our direction. Kids are remarkably forgiving and mm. resilient and mm. kids forgive. Like I say, kids are really good at budgeting. They're also really good at forgiving. Like you mess up and you go and you're like, oh man, I can't believe I lost it with my kid and I shouldn't have been like that. You go down and you're like, hey, Max, I'm really sorry. I, I reacted so inappropriately there. I could have done it this way. And he is literally without reservation, like it's okay. Completely right. okay with you. Mm-hmm. And so there's a beauty in like, you think you're rerouting, but you also are surrounded by these little people that are so ready to just be like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's good. I love you. Mm-hmm. You know? That are and constantly molding and yes, chipping away. You're chipping at and you. molding. And you're like, oh, I'm the product here. I don't know. That's a long winded way of just recognizing. And then it was for me, honestly, like a long reroute. And, yeah. And I will do my my other kids a little differently because of that experience with Porter. And I've talked to him about it. So it's like he knows and he, he like totally tries to be like, Dad, no, it's fine. You were supportive. He tries to say all the things oh, to make make, make me feel good. Make you not feel so bad. You know, yeah. But, um, but I'm just like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I would have done that. I would have done that differently. Like just yeah. let them be a kid in their aspiration. And I'm not saying yeah. you decide, oh, that means Porter should be a scholarship player and do th- and like get him full time trainers like that. No, I, I watch that movie plays out the same way every time, too. But I, <laughs> I just mean that you're there like you, Tiffany, yeah. you said it really well. You're like, bring full Jesse there. And that's what I didn't do. And anyway, yeah. so yeah. well, Dang. like not you even said, about kids money. They're very forgiving. Yeah, they are. And tomorrow's a new day. And yeah, every day, I think as parents, we're all just bringing our best. You know what? I actually take issue with that. It's not even our best. It's just like, I, I tell you, I'm like, it's an honest effort. Like I am giving an mm. honest effort, but my best yeah. four or five times a year where you're like, dang, that deserved the superlative <laughs> there. Mm. But like, mm. it's hard to be at superlative level daily. So you give it an honest effort, a good college mm-hmm. try, they used to say. The good know? college you try know? every and day, yeah. You, you allow yourself a good bit of grace and your kids show you how to allow yourself grace every day too. So mm-hmm. there's nothing quite like parenting. That's for sure. And we all just try and make it yeah. up as we go. That's what it is every yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Jesse, this has been absolutely wonderful. Well, thank you so me. much for, for coming today and being so open with us and also just helping guide us this financial stuff and parenting as hard as it is, you start throwing finances in, which are also difficult even mm-hmm. even as an adult. But yeah, we're trying really hard to mold them, chip them, form them, whatever it is, yep. so that they aren't fixing all these things later on. And yeah. we're all just out there giving it the honest, the good old college try. The good old college try. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely loved it, Jesse. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks so much for having me. Hey guys, we hope you're enjoying the show. If you haven't already, head over to reroutingpod.com and sign up for the newsletter. Subscribers receive exclusive updates from Deep and I and are the first to know when there's a new episode out. That's reroutingpod.com. Enter your email and we'll make sure you don't miss a thing. Thanks.